so you know when it's over even as as much fun as it was but most of the riders are happy when it's over because yeah and, and for sure it's the one of the greatest memories ever but still you're you're happy when when you survived it <laughs> Welcome to the Blister Podcast, a program dedicated to interesting people, the great outdoors, and a bunch of other stuff we like. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, the founder of Blister, and you can check us out online at blisterreview.com. Today on the podcast, we're talking with Claudio Calori, whose course previews of Red Bull Rampage and the World Cup downhill events are basically the best thing on the entire internet. So if you somehow haven't seen Claudio's course previews, we've included links to a couple of them in the show notes of this podcast on our website. And if you've seen even one or two of Claudio's previews, or listened to him do commentary for the DH circuit or Rampage, you already know that he is an interesting guy, and pretty damn funny. But I have to admit, it wasn't until I had this conversation with Claudio that I realized exactly how interesting he really is. Claudio and I wade into some topics that I am certain you have never heard him discuss, so you are probably going to want to listen to the end. And given that Red Bull Rampage officially kicks off tomorrow, Claudio and I start by talking about the rowdiest action sports event in the world, and we get Claudio's unfiltered thoughts about it. He and I then talk about this past World Cup downhill season, and if aliens were to come down and race for the fate of the world, which rider Claudio would pick to save the planet. From there, we talk about Claudio's company, Velo Solutions, which then evolves into a discussion of the meaning of life, Elon Musk and why Claudio is concerned about Musk's intentions, and then Claudio's grand vision for Velo Solutions and for global energy solutions. So whether you tuned in just to hear Claudio talk about Rampage, or whether you're looking for some insight into the meaning of life, we think you're probably going to find this conversation pretty damn interesting. This episode of the Blister Podcast is presented by the Mountain Collective. As we said last time, there are a number of multi-resort ski passes out there, but in our opinion, no other pass can match the number of world-class ski areas that are included in this collection. With the Mountain Collective Pass, You get two days at Jackson Hole and two days each at Snowbird, Squaw, Aspen, Alta, Revelstoke, Mammoth, Sugarbush, Taos, and more. And then you can get all your additional days at each Mountain Collective destination for 50% off. Check out the whole list of Mountain Collective ski areas at mountaincollective.com. And even better, there are no blackout dates, so you can go ride where you want when you want. And if you've checked out our 1718 Blister Winter Buyer's Guide that we released this week, you'll know that we are going to be spending a bunch of time in Telluride this season. So pick up a Mountain Collective Pass, then come ski or ride with us in Telluride. Again, go to mountaincollective.com to learn more and to pick up your pass today. And now, let's get to my conversation with the second most interesting man in the world. Claudio, how are you? I'm tired. It's been <laughs> quite sleepless here in Beijing, but, but good. What? And you're in China. What are you, what are you doing? 
Well, we're planning all sorts of bike parks over there. This country is going to go big very soon in, in mountain biking. It's very small in mountain biking right now, but imagine even just in the year 2016, there have been 78 ski resorts opened from wow. scratch. Wow. Say that again? For, from 2015? In, no, in, in the year... 2016 16 okay. um yeah in the year 2016 it was 70 there were 78 new ski resorts wow in in total they have 600 ski resorts right now i need to get to china yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and you've beat me to it it sounds like uh so you you've got some uh you've got some plans yeah, obviously they uh, they need trails as well, and that's what yep. we're here for. <laughs> that's trails excellent. and pump tracks. Yep, um, trails and pump tracks. Yeah, um, we we of course we've got we've got rampage coming up here, and uh, that was. I mean, I want to hear more. I was going to kind of talk more about the pump track stuff at the end of this conversation, but are you uh, you in a headspace? Are you able to transition to rampage here? Yeah, sure. No problem. <laughs> so, um, first of all, I just watched again for, I don't know, the 900th time, your course preview of Rampage from last year. And I swear to God, I, it was, I'm legitimately scared watching it. Just scared watching it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, given that, I mean, let me hear you. Um, how would you describe Rampage in a single sentence? In one single sentence, that's yep. pretty hard. But, um, well, it's just overcoming all of your fears, <laughs> <laughs> or, or in an, in other words, um, ignore ignore the danger. Or no, that's not a good sentence. Whatever. Ignorance is a bliss. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think these are all pretty apt descriptions of rampage, and I like that none of them included the word bike. Uh, ba ba <laughs> basically, rampage is just a metaphysical exercise in overcoming fear and ignoring danger. That's what I've sort of heard you say. Yeah, you know, when you're up there and you have no problem with heights then uh, you're totally fine. It's really just what messes with you up there is when you're scared of heights, and I definitely am, and that's why I can hardly even walk up there. Huh. So, <clears throat> okay, so I, I want to ask you, I mean, again, looking at that course preview from last year, and we're going to, we'll put a link to that, uh, to that preview in the, the show notes to this podcast. How much of this were you hamming it up for the video when you were talking about how scared you were and how much of this was just dude no i was really scared despite the fact that you were a very a very accomplished rider on a mountain bike well as i said you know it's not the riding itself that scares me at rampage it's really it's really the heights and um, I did not have to hype it up at all because really um, I do have 
a couple of sleepless nights <laughs> if I know Rampage is coming up and I have to be up there uh, the day after and it scares me so much because, you know, on some days in preparation to Rampage, I try to go to the top and I just can't because my body would just not move anymore because I'm so scared up there. But then, uh, you know, that one day at eight in the morning, I got to stand up there and I have to write it down. So, and that's when it counts. Yeah. Yeah. And so just to be clear, when you say you're afraid of heights, are you saying you're afraid of the exposure? Yes. That makes you, this is a sign of intelligence, by the way, right? That freaks me out. Really? I don't know. That might, that might make some of those writers really dumb then. (laughs) I mean, you, you said it, not me, but, (laughs) um, given that you've ridden this course and look, we all know that this is a super rowdy venue, but pictures and videos tend to make things look smaller. So is there any way to describe how big some of these drops and jumps really are? Um, well, in some of the canyon gaps, you could probably put several, several buses in there <laughs> that you would be jumping. Yeah. Um, but then... Yeah, a mountain never looks as steep as it is on a screen or as high as it is. So that that's really you only get the real feeling of rampage when when you're there. Yeah. Um you know even myself when I imagine going back there I think okay, well, just harden up and do it. And I don't see the problem. But once I'm on that mountain, I'm so scared that I, as said, I sometimes I cannot even move anymore when, when I'm up on the peak. Oh. Wow. <clears throat> That's really remarkable. I mean, some of these World Cup DH courses don't exactly look like a cakewalk. So I think this does help kind of put that in perspective. Um, a little bit, right? I mean, um, and I guess that is the the answer. It's just the massive exposure at Rampage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The exposure is what makes it, plus certainly the size of the jumps. Um, but then when it comes to technical riding, um, a World Cup course is more technical, that's for sure, because uh, all the jumps or most of the jumps at Rampage are well prepared to be a nice takeoff. And some of the jumps you take at a World Cup, you, you know, you, you jump off a rock or a route or whatever. So that's a whole different story. It's more technical to be on a on a downhill World Cup track, but it's more scary to be at Rampage. So over the years, the Rampage course has kind of gone back and forth between having more pre-built features and having more natural raw terrain which flavor of rampage do you personally prefer i definitely say the the raw and natural version yeah i thought you'd say that yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay so give me a prediction in the next like five to ten years do you see rampage 
progressing more toward tricks or would you predict that we're going to see an evolution more towards sort of faster, steeper, bigger lines? So not which version you'd prefer to see, which do you think we will see? Ooh, that's a tough one. Well, Brandon has been doing quite well as a racer, but he's put in some serious tricks as well. Yeah. Um, I don't ever see a, a real racer winning Rampage because mm. the, the level the level of the freeriders and uh, the freestylers is gone, has gone so high and it's so cool how they ride. I, I think it will remain the mix that it is right now um, because this is what makes it great. You know, it's not just plain tricks and it's not just plain racing. It's the mix of both that yeah. makes it so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> did you happen to see this line that like Zinc, Straight and Fairy are working on? No, I've been so focused on China. I haven't okay. even seen much what's going on. Out there uh, at the moment. It's it's just <laughs> unbelievably steep and maybe the most ridiculous line we've ever seen. And so yeah. if, if you're afraid of heights and exposure, just don't look. That's <laughs> my advice. <laughs> don't don't look. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you've been busy. Uh, doing a bunch of different things. You care to make any predictions? You had to, you have to bet a thousand bucks. Um, who who would you uh, who would you place your thousand on right now? Huh. Well, to be honest, I haven't been following the whole free free ride world tour too much during the summer, mm -hmm. but. Well, it's probably it's probably time for Zinc to step it up and and get that win. <laughs> I like it. Okay, <laughs> so that's a thousand bucks. Not you. This is a thousand bucks. <laughs> See now, now yeah, let's we... say Zinc. Let's okay. say Zinc. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, could you ever imagine? rampage expanding into like a multi-venue circuit well it depends how, how many riders we're gonna have left at the end of the season <laughs> i think that's oops did i say that <laughs> you did out loud yeah uh that's that's the trick huh yeah well you know it does take an incredible amount of focus and the riders are nervous or most of them, maybe not yeah. all of them. I did see some riders that don't care at all and they can stand up on that mountain and it's just their daily thing and it seems totally natural to them. Hmm. But the majority of the riders are very anxious going there and some of them don't even really want to go. but in some way then they still go because it's the biggest event of the year but they don't feel comfortable on that mountain and you're you're definitely not in a comfort zone when you go, go to rampage you're so far out of it that it's it's really not not a nice feeling and in, in some points 
at least not for me because as I said I'm so afraid of heights but then you know when you when you look at Kyle Strait when he stands up on the mountain it's like if he was born there he has yeah. no problem w with it whatsoever um, but with that huge amount of uh, pressure coming with the event I, I wouldn't want to be in that pressure all year long let's say yeah. if it was a, a full-on series um, so you know when it's over even as as much fun as it was but most of the riders are happy when it's over because yeah, yeah and, and for sure it's the, one of the greatest memories ever but still you're you're happy when when you survived it <laughs> yeah um so i don't know if um making it a series with, with many of them would work uh, but maybe it just becomes a normal thing for the riders then and and it's not that sketchy anymore <laughs> so you mentioned straight as an example of someone who just looks really comfortable and at home on these big lines. Yeah. Is, is that your primary answer when you talk about some of these riders just apparently are zombies that have no fear? Is, is, would you, <laughs> would, would you, is straight your zombie in this analogy or is there somebody else where you just, where you just think, what is wrong with you? You should be afraid right now. Who, who would be your top choice for the, what are we calling this, the No Fear Zombie Award? Well, that's definitely him. That's definitely okay. straight. But um, <laughs> I do have friends like that in Switzerland. When I go, you know, backcountry skiing and we climb a mountain to the points where I'm like stalling because I'm scared and they just... Uh, you know, they have their toes over a cliff looking down a couple of hundred of feet and they have absolutely no problem with it while I cannot even approach that cliff because I'm so scared. But that's, uh, you're born with it or you're not born with it. And, and it's totally not logic. You know, one day you go there and it's no problem for you and one day um, you're completely blocked and... I don't know, that's a psycho thing that I cannot explain and some have it and some don't. So it is up it obviously helps at Rampage if you don't have that problem. <laughs> yeah. Um <clears throat> so you mentioned, you know, a second ago we were talking about sort of racers getting into Rampage. Um is there a particular racer you'd most like to see compete at Rampage? Well, he's already there. Okay. <laughs> or he was there, not he this was. year. Well, that's but, the next question. But, <laughs> yeah, well, Brendan uh, Fairclaw, yeah. obviously, that's why some people call him free racer, because he really, yeah. you know, he's able to show the fun that he has on a bike to the spectators and every, when you see him riding um you can see that he loves it and how much he, he enjoys it and um yeah that's what makes him that typical racer that can also be part of rampage yeah yeah um <clears throat> i assume 
by now, probably a, a number of us have seen the pretty gnarly looking picture of Fairclaw's leg. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> be honest. Are you bummed that one of your team riders has to sit out Rampage or are you relieved? I am relieved. <laughs> um, that means we can uh, we can start testing for next year already next week or in two weeks. You just um, you just gonna duct tape up that uh that gash. Well, it's healing up pretty good. He says that he is now starting to ride again, but it would have just have been not possible yeah. to be at rampage already. But uh, that yeah, it's it's a gnarly gash there. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, we're going to transition to talk about a couple other things here, but, um, yeah, well, one last question. So currently Rampage is being hosted in Virgin, Utah. Let's imagine, I don't know, five, 10, 15 years from now, uh, if, if we're looking for a different event, if, if, if Rampage wasn't going to happen in Virgin, Utah, Give me the next best spot you could imagine for Rampage. Well, we've just seen it uh, on our trip in China. It's in Tibet, actually, or in the Tibetan region, um, where we have a similar terrain to Utah, but without rocks. It's all clay, but it looks the same as in Utah, but it looks like you could shape whatever you would want. And it would just stick and even if you crash you're never going to land on a rock because there is no rocks so wow. yeah that could be a venue wow tibet rampage in tibet that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> take take that good buddhist spirit to the start line it's kind of a good fit maybe actually even when we went to visit the site because there might be a bike park in the future. Uh-huh. We were in a, in a Buddhist temple as well at the same day. Huh. So yeah, interesting experience. You want to talk about this, uh, this past World Cup DH season? I should say World Champs, World Cup, World Cup. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. Well, what was the biggest surprise for you from this past DH season? Well, one big surprise is that we're, as, as an industry, still struggling that much with technical issues. So World Cup races are being decided by mechanicals, um, which in the last two races were, or in many races of the whole season, was a bit of a bummer um, when you look at at Aaron Gwynn and Greg Minar not making it to the finish line because of um, mechanicals. Yep. Um, well, then something ob- obviously was also the whole weather topic, um, which almost messed up the season right from the start, but then luckily it turned around and became a super exciting season. 
so that was good and um, when you look at performance for me what keeps being surprising is how long Greg Minar can actually stay at that level and still win races which is just amazing I think yeah yeah <clears throat> I mean what what do you say what do you attribute it to do we just grant him superhuman status or yeah it's just like <laughs> huge respect you know yeah. it's um what it, i'm not saying it's easy to come up as a young guy as a young and wild guy and win a world cup it's obviously hard but it's so much harder to stay up there for such a long time and this is just incredible yeah yeah um do you think we can expect to see you doing course previews and hearing you in the commentator's box next year? Well, I hope so. I haven't had any any news for okay. next year. Um, I hope they don't kick me out. I guess <laughs> I'll be I'll be riding as long as they let me. <laughs> good. That's good news. Um, yeah, I just uh, watched the about a soul preview again and just that one while i was terrified watching your rampage preview i was just cracking up uh watching the about a soul again so um <laughs> that one hurt more than the rampage though <laughs> well you uh yeah you, you 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 still did a good job like maintaining the commentary after the crash so i was super impressed <laughs> <laughs> um Let's talk a little bit about uh, some race history. Um, what's the best race you ever saw? Well, this year it was definitely Mount Sinan. Yeah. Um, the best race ever. There were a couple of good ones. Maybe the last couple of nights out here in China didn't help to remember everything. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Be best, well, ra best race or best run, if that, if that helps. Slightly, slightly different question, right? Yeah, well, best run is clearly Danny's from Champery 2011, uh -huh. I would say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that can hardly be beaten. Huh? Yeah. Okay. We're going with that. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um two two alien questions in a row for you. Ready? Um Yeah. Aliens come down and you get to choose one current DH rider to race for the fate of the world. Aliens get to pick the DH course. Who are you picking? Will the aliens have to pick an existing track? Yes. But but you don't know okay. what they're picking. Who's your current rider? Okay. Well, definitely Greg. Definitely Greg. Minar. Definitely Greg. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Second question. Same scenario. Aliens are coming. They're picking their course. The fate of the world is at stake. But you get to pick one DH rider of all time. 
does your answer change? So not just a kernel, nope. but you, wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. Mad respect for Minar. I mean, he's, he's earned it, but, uh, okay. <laughs> well, you could say, you could almost say equally for Aaron Gwynn, mm -hmm. but Greg has been, has been there longer and more consistent. Well, not in the last few years, Aaron has been just as con consistent, but yeah. yeah, it's one of those two. And I, if you ask me straight, I would go for Greg. Okay. Okay. Um, well, now we know if those aliens show up. Um, <laughs> so among the other things you're doing, we, we kind of mentioned it uh, briefly, but um, as a team manager for Scott, um, any changes or additions to the team that you want to drop any hints about? Well, the team itself is going to stay the same. It's still going to be Brendan and Gaeton. Mm -hmm. um, but I can say we're going to do lots of testing in the, next, in the upcoming month. Hmm. Um, and so they should be quite a lot faster next year. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, when when might we be hearing more news about how they're going to be faster? Well, I don't have all confirmations of what we're currently testing is already be. Uh, already applicable for the beginning of the season but as soon as I have that confirmation well you'll probably see something on social media well cool we look forward to that um, Velo Solutions it sounds like you're trying to just make the whole planet uh, well it sounds like you're trying to drop a whole lot more bike parks on the planet fair for sure, yeah. yeah. Especially with the pump tracks everywhere, which, uh, yeah, which are just taking off and keep taking off. It, it's absolute, absolutely crazy. So, how long has this been now? You've been, you've been involved with Velo Solutions since. Well, we founded it two thousand and four. Mm -hmm. But then. Uh, since I was still racing and mm -hmm. uh, my, my two partners were expecting me to quit racing, which I didn't. So they, they were looking for other jobs. And by the time I quit racing, they weren't there anymore. So um, then I reactivated Velo Solutions after, after my racing career. And uh, I'm still trying to get them, ba get them back on board because they, they're super good. But um, yeah, so ever ever since I quit racing in two thousand eight, I've been running Villa Solutions. Yep. And do you feel like? I mean, is it fair? Would you describe the progression here as kind of linear and constant, or would you say it's sort of just ramping up in the last couple of years? It's completely exploding right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 good. I mean 
for everybody the just the, the whole bike scene is getting is getting a lot more mainstream um, it's something that everybody does and not just the not just the full-on hardcore mountain bikers um, but the cool thing is they they are still there as well so it's not becoming soccer or so where only geeks would do it <laughs> A minute. Only wait, wait. <laughs> only, only I, I geeks know I'm play stuff here. <laughs> only geeks play soccer. Is this the? This is the. This is gonna be the the headline for this podcast. Claudia says only geeks play soccer. Yeah, I'm, uh, that's my point of view. I know it's not the uh, not the. Um, not a clear point of view, but okay. Anyway, yeah. So cool thing is that you know we can bring our sport to kids everywhere in the world with our pump tracks, uh, makes it accessible to just everybody. But then it's it remains a cool sport, so it's never be, it's never gonna become soccer. <laughs> it's never gonna be that un uncool sport of <laughs> soccer. <laughs> it's never going to become the most popular sport on earth. Uh, I, I, yeah, yes, that it will be, but oh, it's not going to be soccer. <laughs> I got you. I got you. This is fantastic. I didn't know we were going to. This was going to turn into a soccer bashing conversation. That's that's cool though. Um, so you're you're currently in Beijing. How long are you over there? Until uh, only Saturday. Sorry, say that again? Only till Saturday. I was here for 10 days. Wow, okay. <clears throat> so yeah. is this, I mean, does, does China represent the current major focus? Or is this merely sort of one of the zones among several other important, you know, kind of key spots for fellow solutions? Well, um... The USA is obviously a focus too. Then home in Europe is a focus too. Um, I wouldn't say China is a focus, but it's definitely huge potential. Yeah. Um, there's not that mountain biking just yet, but... Uh, sorry, that wasn't proper English. There's not that much mountain biking just yet, but uh, there will be very soon because people start to learn about it and you know, with 1.7 billion people in a country, then even if just 1% of them start riding bikes, yeah. then you have quite a couple of million of bike riders. Yeah. No, that's pretty cool. So good exploratory stuff going on in China right now. Yeah, we're traveling to different cities and different different parts of the country almost every day talking to all kinds of people it's super interesting and i have to learn so much because you could step in or you could do a mistake by just saying the wrong words in a sentence so I'm, i have a guy next to me constantly who tells me what i'm supposed to do now and what i'm not supposed to do now so it's quite funny huh I feel like I could use a person like that just all the time. <laughs> well, me too. That's true. <laughs> that would really, that'd be really useful. Um, well, 
I want to let you go. I know you've got stuff, uh, other stuff to do, but I have to ask you, I've, I've, I didn't know you were a skier. Would you call yourself, would you call yourself a skier or are you a guy who like goes skiing once in a while? Well, I do live within, (laughs) um, I do live in a ski resort pretty much. Ah. So, uh, but I'm more of a snowboarder than a skier. Okay. Um, but, uh, problem is since I'm traveling the world 10 out of 12 months a year, I hardly get to ski because I'm just hardly ever home. Yeah. Okay. Why, why was that interesting if I was a skier? Well, you know, at, at Blister, we review a lot of ski stuff, a lot of bike stuff. And so I, I personally do, I don't do any of our own mountain bike reviewing. Um, we've got other folks for that part. So I'm basically testing ski equipment year round. It sort of doesn't stop. Okay. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so uh, I just it somehow never had heard that part that, uh, well, and it sounds like I shouldn't say skiing. It sounds like I should say you're a snowboarder primarily primarily yes but yeah. it doesn't i do ski as well it, it doesn't really matter that much it's uh but if i have the choice i'll take the snowboard okay see that's good and that's impressive so what we learned today was you are afraid of exposure you hate soccer and you're kind of into <laughs> snow <laughs> you're kind of into snowboarding and skiing <laughs> Oh, yeah. and, and and music. And music. Should we talk about music? What are you listening to right now? Well, right now I listen to you. <laughs> okay. When <laughs> what's in uh what's in heavy rotation? Uh if if and when you're listening to music and not me. Um mostly Pearl Jam and Foo Fighters and stuff like that. Ah. Okay. You know, there's there's some new music that's come out since then. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was gonna come. I could like, <laughs> but the Foo Fighters just came out with one, you know. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> I could um, I'll I'll pass some suggestions along, maybe, so that the next time you're asked this, we could, you yeah. know, we could just freshen update update your choices, you know. Uh, from... It needs to be something I can play on the guitar, though. Ah, okay. Okay, I'll, I'll see what I can come up with here. Um, well, wh- I think we've covered it. We, we've got Rampage. We talked about the DH season. We talked about how uh, pump tracks are going to become more popular than soccer fields. Um, I think we've covered a lot of ground. Uh, did, what's, what's the best question I haven't asked you? Oh. Uh, what's the meaning of life? Okay. What what is the <laughs> what, what is the meaning of life? I have no clue. You tell me. <laughs> hmm. Well, <clears throat> I think it sounds like what Claudio would say is uh, not playing soccer. Not <laughs> if, if you can avoid. If you can avoid being a dorky soccer player and be fortunate enough to live next to uh, a beautiful pump track, 
your life is going quite well. If you're not living next to a palm tree? No, if you are. So ah, if, okay. if, if you uh, have avoided being a dorky soccer player and, yeah. you are, are, and you're fortunate enough to live next to a beautiful pump track and while you're on the pump track, you are listening to the Foo Fighters, really life can't get much better. This is my, this is my uh, assessment of Claudio's philosophy of life. All right. Call that good? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to write my biography? Sure. Yeah, we could we could work <laughs> on that. Actually, I would definitely I would happily uh have, will happily volunteer to to uh to co-author your your biography or autobiography, I should say. <laughs> that I think would oh, be you, a, that would be a fun project. Yeah, but that will get you into the deep ugly details that you don't want to know. Well, now I definitely want to know. <laughs> so, not, get, not while we're recording. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we will we will save that for the um, for your tell-all autobiography uh, that I will help you write, um, called "The Life and Dark Times of Claudio." And it needs to be better than Elon Musk's book. Oh, that's a really good one. I was just, did you, Ashley Vance's book? Did you read that? I I read it, yeah. And it's the only book I read in 20 years. That's the only book you've read in 20 years? I don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But let, uh, like a writer actually told me in, in March, hey, did you read? Elon Musk's book and I said hey I, I really don't have time to read books and then he says well if ever you read a book it must if if it's the only book in your life you have to read this one and then one day later on the other side of the world two more people told me the same thing without even and so I, th I thought okay I'll, I need to give it a go and it was true it, it sucked me in I, I actually was reading it it's, I mean, it's amazing. Um, so true story. So first of all, <clears throat> let's not call it Elon's book because Elon definitely didn't write it. Ashley Vance yeah. wrote it and it is yeah. so good that, that I literally reached out to Ashley Vance and I said, I want to talk to you on this podcast about Elon because I don't, I, I think the obvious and only reasonable answer to the question, who is the most interesting person alive? I mean, it's, it's Elon, right? Or Greg. Yes, you, you could probably, <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, no, you're right. And I'm not saying I, I was a, a big fan of him, but I'm probably not anymore, but that doesn't, make it make him less interesting. less interesting it's just like um i'm questioning him um and i'm i'm just wondering if if his goal is really to save the world or if that is just marketing and i you know like he does so much stuff that is really really cool and really good 
Um, but then he comes up with ideas where you think, well, but that doesn't go with the philosophy of trying to save the world. Um, but then sometimes I think, well, maybe, you know, he's a genius and he just has his strategy behind the things that he does. Um, so, the, as you say, definitely the most interesting because if you... It, it definitely gives you a lot to think about. Um, I, I'm just wondering, is he, is he such a, as much of a good guy as he appears or if, is he just a good businessman? Or then the main question, does it even matter as long as he does good things? What, what has you questioning? What's the, what's the thing you've seen that has you questioning the, the intention? Lately, I've seen um, something that he's um, thinking of transporting people from one place to the other. I think it was an example, Los Angeles to London or something, yeah. in 20 minutes with a rocket. Hmm. And I cannot imagine this to be sustainable. This is gonna... I'm... You know, this is where I'm thinking, okay, now he's left his path of trying to save the world because transporting people around the world in rockets is definitely not going to save the world. This is wasting resources and we should do the opposite. Yeah. That, that is one thing that um, I recently read. And the other thing is I always thought that the batteries are only a stepping stone. It, the batteries are definitely not going to be the final solution to for sustainable energy management um, because the batteries are also going to be a problem just as fuel is at the moment. And um, if all the cars in the world are running on batteries, we're going to have an incredible amount of waste in form of batteries and so it cannot be the end solution there must be a next step so and i was thinking that elon the genius that he is he must already be thinking of the next step and uh lately i was in japan and, and met some super interesting people and they told me about that the fuel cells are ready to go and um, I had my own ideas what we can do with either batteries or fuel cells. Um, and, but I, th I knew that if fuel cells would be ready, we'll immediately go for that. I just didn't know that the technology was ready, but apparently it is. And Toyota just came out with their fuel cell car and Hyundai also did and I now know that BMW is working on fuel cell cars and Mercedes as well and Shell is actually gonna introduce fuel cell uh, to most of their gas stations so it seems that this is the way to go but Elon lately said apparently that for some reason he doesn't believe into into fuel cells. Hmm. So now I'm wondering, is that 
because he actually has a reason for it or is that only because he just invested a couple of billions in his gigafactory and he now he now needs to protect his gigafactory because if the whole world switches to fuel cells then his gigafactory is useless uh-huh. so those are questions but being the genius that he is um he must have already the next step planned i think maybe he's not not yet allowed to to talk about it because he needs to sell the batteries from the gigafactory first <laughs> but um but i assume he must have the next step already planned but that's the things i'm wondering about <laughs> okay that makes sense well and what's interesting is like this is kind of some of the stuff that I wanted to talk to Ashley Vance about and like get yeah. get his take on sort of the big macro picture for Elon. <clears throat> and I had a very nice set of exchanges with with Ashley and he was very complimentary and just but he said, you know, I I'd love to talk about this but I've got to stop talking about Elon. Like you know, you know, Ashley's working on some other projects of his own and I could see how uh, at a certain point, you know, he wrote in, an incredibly good book that I think sounds like both of us would recommend to everyone. Uh, uh-huh. But he's ready to uh, to think about some other things. So I, I think maybe you and I are going to have to get Elon on a conversation, and um, you know, I'll broker it. You ask the hard questions, and we'll see if Elon has a smart answer that uh, gets you back to thinking uh, that he's a well intentioned person you think he would talk to us there's only one way to find out (laughs) i've tried in a couple of ways but uh i have some friends that are friends with him but they told me forget it he will not he will (laughs) not even yeah he he doesn't have the time he does he doesn't have the time (laughs) i mean that's 100 percent true but I don't know, you know, never say never, Claudio. Uh, you know, yeah. you, you survived the rampage course. You, <laughs> you, you, should, you should have faith. I do, I do. I'm still waiting for the opportunity to, to ask him a couple of questions and or maybe even uh, give him a couple of, of ideas. Aha. Uh-huh. What ideas are you going to give him? Uh, I don't know if I should yeah. mention them publicly yet. You might stick me in uh, in a mental hospital. <laughs> Come on, just 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 one. If you tell us one, even if it's crazy, we promise we won't we won't uh, have you checked in. Well, you know, thinking of sustainability and what we do and um, where. I come from with my beliefs. Um, in some way, we with Vela Solutions, when we build pump tracks all over the world, in some way we do something good because all the kids have so much fun on them, and it promotes health and and it promotes a lot of other things. Uh, but in another way, I also doubt myself quite a lot because I'm having an incredible, brutal. Uh, carbon footprint because I'm constantly flying around the world. I constantly have excavators running um, 
we use tons and tons and tons of asphalt so I couldn't really call myself a green person mm -hmm. so um, what I'm constantly thinking about thinking about is is how to make that aspect of Vela Solutions better and so one goal would be to come up with a surface that replaces asphalt that is fully fully green that is sustainable and that might even produce electric energy so what if we came up with a surface that works like a, like a solar panel so every town that gets a pump track from us is also a power plant a solar power plant um, if that works on a pump track we can then apply it to all the roads in yeah. the whole world <laughs> and uh, we would have a major uh, like a big part of our energy problem solved if that works out so I was just reading this week about this I mean, something I think extremely similar to what you're describing. Have you seen this? I mean, it, what I saw was um, it was talking about it, it wasn't solar, but it was floor panels and roadway panels that when walked on would in fact capture and store energy. Yeah. You've seen this, I assume. Well, I've heard about it and... Um... Yeah, I'm still investigating. That's with uh, with those guys I met in Japan. Huh. Um, I'm waiting for a meeting with them so mm. we can actually really go deep into into these ideas. That is super interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Okay, well, now I'm glad that you're not going to be... Uh, previewing rampage because we got to keep you alive so that <laughs> so that you can get up sustainable energy producing pump tracks all around the planet that's a goal yeah that's a good goal um <laughs> i did not see the conversation taking a turn this way and i'm really glad it did this has been interesting and fun and uh and now I'm like rooting for this global pump track uh, development. Plus, that means more yeah. and more people. More and more people are just on bikes too, which is a good thing. Yeah, that's that's a good thing anyway. Even without the without the special yeah. surface, but um, if we can get that box checked as well, it would be awesome. And then uh, we we also have to work on. On the whole machinery that we use which is why I'm so interested in fuel cells yep yeah hmm. you got some big stuff going on um, you know when we just start if someone only uh, is familiar with you from your from your course previews um, hearing you sound like an insane person <clears throat> they they may they may not have assumed that this kind of uh, this kind of thinking was happening uh, off the bike. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't think anybody would 
expect that. <laughs> People don't know me like that. <laughs> huh. Well, now we do. And, uh, well, so now I'm even more, it's, I, I'm even more, it's even more of an open invitation. If, if you, if you want help on this uh, autobiography where we, we can talk about your own, uh, life and times racing, we can talk about your time, uh, as a commentator, we can talk about your time as a, a pump track developer, and we can talk about your, uh, ambitions to create a more sustainable uh sustainable environment and world it's that's pretty maybe maybe you're about to challenge elon for title of most interesting person in the world <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, that's pretty impressive um maybe if we have our fuel cell construction robots working for elon on mars then uh and we'll get to that level. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we can only hope. Um, well, hey, All listen, right. um, this has been really fun. I appreciate the conversation. And uh, damn, we, we, we've got to do this again. We now have 37 things we're going to need updates from you on. And uh, so uh, I hope we can uh, find a, a time to chat again down the line. Yeah, I wonder how you're going to edit this interview, though. <laughs> I, I think I'm not. <laughs> Really? Let's no. Okay. Hell no. You think I'm taking out the stuff on Elon and the sustainable pump tracks? <laughs> no, that's gold. All right. If as long as you're okay with it, it stays. Yeah, I'm wondering how what people think. Well, that's okay. Uh, for the first time in your life, you're now concerned about what people are going to think. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why do you think this is the first time in my life? Uh, well, again, I know you mostly from all the previews that I've watched, and uh, you, you, you somehow have never given this impression before. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, this was fun. Um, so, uh, yeah, Claudio, th uh, this has been really fun. Thank you for the time, and uh, we'll uh, wish you well on all the things you're working on, and, and look forward to talking again sometime down the line. All right. Thank you. Looking forward to it as well. <laughs> Great. Take care. You too. Thank you. Bye. That's it for this edition of the Blister Podcast. Thanks to Claudio for the very interesting conversation. And be sure to tune in to www.redbull.tv tomorrow at noon Eastern Standard Time to catch day one of Red Bull Rampage. As always, thanks to our strikingly handsome audio engineer, Justin Bob. And if you haven't already, head to blisterreview.com to order your copy of our 1718 Winter Buyer's Guide. We've been getting great feedback on it, so we're confident you'll think it's good, and it is most definitely big. Aside from that, we've got a bunch of new stuff we're about to roll out very soon. Uh, new podcasts, new reviews on the site, etc., so stay tuned for all of that, and we will be talking to you again very, very soon. Take care.